Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome back to Growing in Grace. Glad you can be with us today. You know, I was thinking about the faithfulness of God. I suppose that's one of the greatest delights of my heart is to just think upon the faithfulness of God. Um, this week, I was running across a uh, passage of Scripture here, and God's faithfulness just was so striking in this passage that I thought, you know, I want to share it with my friends from uh, Growing in Grace. And um, it's found actually in the Old Testament in the book of Joshua, Joshua 21, verses 43 through 45. But this passage also reminded me of a wonderful hymn. It's called Great is Thy Faithfulness, written by a man named Thomas Chisholm. And I'm sure that uh, Mr. Chisholm had his fair share of hard times. Perhaps you're going through hard times today. Well, Mr. Chisholm was born in 1866 in Franklin, Kentucky, in a log cabin. By the time he was 16 years of age, although he had never been to high school, never been to college, he was suddenly thrust in the place of being the school teacher. Can you imagine that? At 16, you've never been to high school, you've never been to college, and yet now you're teaching others. He did learn to read. He learned to do so many things. He entered the newspaper business and then later uh, moved into the pastorate, became a minister. But his health, uh, had some problems with his health, so he had to resign from his ministry. But sometime during the course of his life, he wrote this great hymn. Listen to some of the words, how deep it is. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Aren't those beautiful words? Wow. Well, when I read this um, passage that was spoken by Joshua, I thought, you know, I want to share this with you. So let me read it as well. And you can think about that hymn and think about this passage. But mainly, let your meditation today be upon God's faithfulness, for truly it is great. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it. And they settled there, and the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. The faithfulness of God. I remember my teaching professor, Dr. Bob Agee, said one time, one way 
of looking at a passage expositionally is to look at it as though you were admiring a diamond. And so I want to take this passage and just look at it and spin it in our fingers as we look at truth after truth after truth that is revealed to us in this text about who God is, just how faithful that he is. The first truth that I noticed is the truth about how God makes promises, promises from the Lord. You know, this uh, passage actually brings up the word promise toward the end, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord uh, had made to the house of Israel had failed. But I got to thinking about all of the promises that the Lord had made, not only to Israel and to Joshua, but think about this. He's also made promises to all of us who are in Christ. You know, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, He promised that he would go to his father's house and prepare a place for us. There's just so many wonderful promises when we think about it, that God will stand true. He will stand behind those promises. But what I thought was really interesting is these promises were in existence. They had been made before Joshua's generation. For example, if you were to go back to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15, or Genesis chapter 26, you would see that God had already made promises about giving the land of Israel uh, to uh, the Jewish people long before, during the days of Abraham, before Joshua, before Moses. And so I thought it was interesting. You see, if you were to think about the book of Joshua as a whole, the first five chapters would relate to God preparing his people. He's developing his people for his purposes. But then you would go from chapter 6 through 12, on understanding God's strategy. There were lots of victories that they had to win, lots of battles that they had to fight. But then you see from chapters 13 through 24, how the promised land is divided up among the 12 tribes of Israel. And so that gets us into applying God's property. So just think in terms of God's promises as being some kind of a promised land, so to speak, that he has made to each one of us. He certainly had made promises to Joshua when you start at the beginning of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2 through 4. You'll see he made promises, I'm going to give you a land, and God was true to those promises. But it sort of brings up a second thing that I didn't want you to overlook in this passage found in Joshua 21 verses 43 to 45. I see in verse 43 and 44, this word that continues to to recur over and over again. Listen to this. Thus the Lord gave to Israel the land that he swore to give. Those both are found in verse 43. You drop down to verse 44 and it shows up again. And the Lord gave them. For the Lord had given. I saw four times that word, the verb give, was mentioned. It made me think, you know what God's trying to say to Joshua, to the children of Israel? He's trying to say to them, it wasn't your power that obtained this promised land. It was my power. 
It was my gift. That's just how it is with salvation. I mean, think about if you're familiar with the Old Testament book of Joshua. Just think, for example, of one battle. How about the battle at Jericho? Well, I mean, at the battle of Jericho, all that Joshua and his troops did, they just blew trumpets and they just shouted to the Lord. Can you imagine a city, all of its walls falling down just because some guys played a trumpet and some guys shouted? Well, they were doing exactly what God told them to do. But I think the whole idea is that God is the one who accomplishes whatever he's promised. There's a passage in 1 Thessalonians that I love about God's promises. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he who calls you and he also will do it. Isn't that something? Whatever God calls us to do, he is faithful to accomplish that calling. So it helps us to relax whenever he's calling us to launch out and to do something that maybe we've never done before. So I just wanted to encourage you, whenever you receive a promise, know that the promise is based upon God's power, God's faithfulness to that promise. But now let's move to a third facet of this wonderful diamond called God's faithfulness. What about the percentage, the percentage from the Lord? Do you think that when we get to heaven someday, we're all going to be sitting around and we're going to say, how many of those promises that God made did he keep? Did he keep 60%? Did he keep 30%? Did he keep 70%? You know what I think we're going to say? God was so true, he kept 100% of the promises that he made to us. You know, I was thinking about, for example, how in uh, verse 43, it says, the Lord gave to Israel all the land. Hang on to that word also, all. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them. The Lord gave them all their uh, their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises had failed. All came to pass. I think you get my drift. What I'm trying to encourage you with is God bats 100%. He doesn't miss. Whenever he makes us a promise, he's always going to um, keep that promise. His percentage is perfect. Then I got to thinking about another word that's mentioned in here, the word possession. Possession through the Lord. It says in verse 43, and they took possession of it and they settled there. I used to hear Adrian Rogers and some of the pastors that I enjoyed listening to uh, from years gone by talk about possessing your possessions. Isn't that an interesting way of putting it, possessing your possessions? And it made me think, isn't there a difference between a provision and the possession of that provision? Just because something is available doesn't mean that I've actually accessed it and that I've actually began to enjoy whatever that was. I was just thinking about how they had to go through several battles to possess these possessions. Maybe your life is tough right now, and you're wondering, what is this all about? It seems so hard. I thought God was telling me this is the direction I should walk in. 
Well, just know that in order for all of us to possess what the Lord has promised, there are sometimes some prices to be paid. There's commitment. For Joshua and the troops of Israel, it meant they had to fight 13 battles. 13 battles are mentioned throughout the book of Joshua. So just remember that when it says that God is faithful, when we talk about great is thy faithfulness, I'm not always saying that it's going to be easy and that all you got to do is just sit there and do nothing. You don't have to put any commitment into it. You don't have to be put any effort into it. No, that's not God's way either. I think that God is making it available. His power is going to help us, but we still must be committed. We must put our hand to that plow and do the things that he's called us to do. As we do that, sometimes we face enemies. And so another facet of this wonderful diamond could be the protection from the Lord. I think that's another area of protection. You know, even in the book of Job, we learn that God can place a hedge of protection around a believer. And if he allows that hedge of protection to be penetrated, then he has a higher purpose that he's going to accomplish. But I thought it was interesting in verse 44, where here they are now ready to have the last of the promised land all delegated and allotted out. And it says, not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Isn't that amazing that all those battles, God was faithful to protect them. You know, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, lists seven enemies that God said they were going to face whenever they were going to uh, obtain this promised land. There were the Hittites, and there were the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. That's a lot of enemies right there. Even for those of us who are following Christ as his disciples, do we have enemies? I think we do. We for sure have three enemies. There's always Satan. He wants to interrupt anything good that God is trying to do and God's trying to accomplish in our lives. But we also have the world system. Of course, God loves all the people that are on the face of this planet. God loves the world, but the world's ways are going in the opposite direction than God is going. And so the devil, the world's ways, but also, of course, the flesh. The flesh is that self-centered spirit that is within us that makes us want to go in a contrary direction to the way God is, is wanting us to go. And so definitely we need protection from that. And that's why I think the Lord gives us victory on a personal level from all three of these enemies. He protects us and gives us strength. He gives us armor. He gives us weapons like his word and like prayer and so forth. So protection is another wonderful facet of this uh, faithfulness of God. So we've seen the protection from the Lord, the possession through the Lord, the percentage from the Lord, the power of the Lord, and the promises from him. But how about peace? I think that's another part 
of God's faithfulness that he expresses to us, he gives us peace. You know, he gave them peace when they finally entered the promised land. Verse 44 says, and the Lord gave them rest on every side. You know, Hebrews chapter four, verses eight through nine reminds us that there is a soul rest that we can enter into in Christ. So I love that. You know, Romans chapter five, verse one actually tells us that we can have peace with God through Christ. We can have peace with God through Christ. That's Romans 5.1. You see, we are by nature at odds with God. We're at enmity with God. We're enemies of God's. But we can be reconciled to the Father through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the finished atonement of Christ, He purchased the way for us to be made right with God. And when we're made right, we begin to have peace on a level we've never had before. But there's not only the peace with God through Christ, Romans 5.1, there's also the peace of God that comes through prayer. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 reminds us that we can have peace whenever we say, okay, I'm going to turn all my worries, all my anxiety over to the Lord in prayer. I encourage you to do that today. Perhaps you're saying, where is God? I don't think he's faithful. And you're beginning to panic. Listen, just relax and say, God, I'm going to trust you that you are faithful. And I guarantee you, if you'll turn that over to him and give thanks, if you'll let thanksgiving displace all of those worries and that fear, you'll have peace in your heart. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind. The peace from the Lord. Well, let me give you one last one. How about this one? Positives. All of the positives in life, I think they come from the Lord. He says not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Maybe you've struggled sometime on knowing something very, very important about God. At his core, is God evil or is God good? I just want to encourage you, my friend. The scriptures reveal to us the truth about God. He's good. And all the the things that are good in our lives, well, the book of James says they all came from him. Listen to James chapter 1. In verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. James 1.17. You see, regardless of what our circumstances may suggest to us, I just want to say to you, based on the authority of God's word, that God is good. And so you can give thanks and you can know that God is going to give you the good things that are coming in life. Now, we know we live in a broken world. We know it's fallen and people can get out of God's will and people can do bad things to us. They can say ugly things to us. I know that happens. But all I want to say to you is those things didn't come from God. Those things came from man. 
You know, um, the oldest lie that I feel has ever come to the human race is this one. Remember in the Garden of Eden when Satan came to Adam and Eve? He tried to make them doubt the goodness of God. He was trying to help them to come to this place to where they would say, you know, God's holding out on me. There's something really good out there that he's saying no to that would really be better than what I have now. Oh, what a mistake. They went for the bait and they believed a lie. Listen, here's the truth from God's word. It's found in Psalm 84, verse 11. It's very simple. Here's what it says about him. No good thing, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 84, 11. Listen, God's faithfulness is our best shot at having all the good things in this life. I know because we are in a fallen world, there are some things that are not good that happen. But I want you to know that God's faithfulness is to help us to find the good way that he's going to bless. And he is a good God. And even if in this world, we still have lots of pain, lots of hardship, lots of heartbreaks, I want you to know that he said, I'm going to make a place for you in heaven. And there, there will be no separation, no death. There'll be no lie, no sin, no Satan, no more separations. Everything's going to be great there. So even if we don't receive all the good things here, we will receive the good things later. Hmm. I want to close with uh, the last uh, verse of great is thy faithfulness. He says, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Wow. I don't know about you, but that, that last line of that third verse has always taken my breath away. Blessings all mine, with 10,000 besides. Wow. You know, God is going to bless you. And it all springs from his faithfulness, from his goodness, from his love, from his grace, from his mercy. I pray that today you will just think upon the faithfulness of God. Whether you're at home, whether you're running, having a jog, whether you're driving, going down the road, wherever you are in life, I just want to encourage you to just praise him today. Thank him today for his faithfulness. It'll bring, it'll bring great honor to our Lord if you praise him for his faithfulness. For truly, his faithfulness, it's great. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much uh, for those that were listening today. I pray that you would really bring them back to that place where they realize that you're faithful. Lord, there are so many in this life that are not faithful to us. They'll tell us they're going to do something and they break a promise. But one thing we know about you is you're a promise keeper. You keep all of your promises. And this testimony of Joshua 
found right here in Joshua 21 is a great um, record of how truthful you are. So we just celebrate that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help all of my friends let their joy overflow today and let their hearts be filled with delight as they think that my God is faithful to me this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. You enjoy the faithfulness of God and all that He has provided for you today. God bless. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.